Hi, my name's John Kasher and welcome to Cash Talk, where there'll be no boundaries and a lot of straight talk. All things money, business, and just everyday stuff. Hey guys, before we get started, just a quick reminder that all the information in this podcast is of a general nature and not tailored to your personal circumstances. So please seek personal financial advice before acting on this information. Hey, and welcome to another uh, episode of Friday Finance on Cash Talk. And today, once again, I'm joined by Mason Thorne. Uh, Mason, how are you, mate? You're going well, thanks, John. Going well, yeah. Another Friday, so you're getting excited for the weekend as usual. Yeah, that's it. I don't know if it's me, but it feels like the week's just flying, um, you know, getting quicker and quicker and probably maybe getting back into the swing of things. But it feels like we were just here a moment ago. But today's a very interesting one because it's an area that has been growing um, very Oh, you know, you'd say recent, you know, in the last few years and, and really starting to get more legs. And, and what we're talking about today is about thematic investing. And, um, you know, Mason, in obviously in our world, it's become quite popular. When I first started, it wasn't very popular, if not, you know, a- available really. Um, but, you know, let's let's really get into it. And obviously, uh, for everyone that is uh, watching us live, feel free to jump in and ask uh, questions and we'll, we'll try and answer them accordingly. Uh, so, Mason, thematic investing, first and foremost, what is it? Yeah, so thematic investing. So it's an approach which tries to focus on these predicted long-term trends rather than specific companies or sectors. Uh, so it enables investors to access these these growing trends. So think about technology. Imagine investing in technology in the late 90s. So you get that internet boom, um, clean energy, all these different things like lithium, like all these different things that are coming up now. It's basically giving investors an access to the entire space of that trend rather than trying to find that one company in the trend that you think is going to go really well, just buy the whole sector or the whole trend. And hopefully, hopefully you're right. And the trend goes really, really well. So that's what thematic investing is all about. And you can see why it's getting really, really popular in in recent years. It's very, it's very interesting. Like the way that things are going, obviously from, you know, from our desks, we're getting new kind of thematic ETFs, you know, or, or managed funds or whatever coming very, very quickly. But it's. Um, it, it, I think what we would like to get across as well today is about, you know, with all of this, well, is it right to get involved? You know, what do you need to do to get involved? And maybe some tips and tricks to do that. And as Mason was talking about, there's all these different sectors. If it be, you know, technology, if it be, you know, the gold sector, if it be, you know, energy sector, you can kind of divvy your funds up into these different areas, Okay. So we'll take, I don't know, let's work with maybe clean energy, Mason. So, you know, there's ETFs out there where you can just invest in clean energy. And so, you know, maybe just explain what that type of fund or that, what that kind of ETF would try and do for you. So, you know, I put $10,000 in just for an example. What would that try to do with my 10000 Yeah, good question. So let's, let's take a look at, so we all know about, or most of us will know about, say, the really broad indexes, so the ASX 200, for example. So the 200 top companies in Australia, it's a really simple one to explain. But with these somatic investing, they create new indexes. So these indexes will just ha- contain these companies that focus on clean energy. So what these ETFs are providing, are you providing access to this index to invest in these types of companies? So... As, as we can imagine, there wouldn't be quite as many companies. So there is a bit more concentration. So it might be 20 companies instead of 200 companies in this ETF, for example. So it's giving you access to all these different companies who are focusing on this particular trend that you're after. 
And even and, and so they've, to make this more in simplicity terms, they've got more of like an eligibility criteria and the eligibility criteria that overlays that is in regards to when we're talking about, say, clean energy is in regards to clean energy, okay? And they need to meet certain criteria for them to sit in that, okay? And and these and they're usually index based, so it's usually like a rule based um, a rule based scenario, and from that rule based scenario, it kind of tracks that that rule based scenario. So, what we're seeing a lot of the trends is that people are then going and building portfolios and putting these ETFs or these thematic ETFs across in their portfolios, and you know they might have a view on regards to where they think clean energy is going to go. They might have a think about where technology is going to go, mining, lithium, you know the that literally the um, the choices are endless these days. But there's an argument that is it the right way, okay? And is there a better way to, to, to skin the cat? And obviously the late uh, Jack Bogle, the founder of, of Vanguard, um, I don't know how he'd feel about these thematic ETFs. You know, he's really was around kind of not trying to find the needle in the haystack, but trying to, you know, buy the haystack. And so, you know, it... I'm very much caught in two minds when it comes to thematic investing. I, I, th- I think we were speaking about on the last episode around active and, and, and active and passive. And I, I think that a lot of people that I'm seeing that are going into my, are really trying to take an active approach and not mm-hmm. a passive approach. And so sometimes when it goes into things like, for example, clean energy, they're potentially making short positions on those on those clean energy when you know most of the people when it comes to things like clean energy um you know they're looking for these long-term positions because you know a lot of things in regards to clean energy are backed on the you know the money coming in over you know 2030 2050 in their long positions so um there's a bit of short positioning going on a bit of active play and I think there's a lot of guesstimating going on. Um, I know, like I said, that the late Jack Bogle probably won't agree, you know, agree with this style of investing, and it's very hard for me to do it as well, especially when I'm talking about in an overall portfolio. I think it has its place in regards to small positions, but I don't think as an overall, um, you know, it sits well with me. That's a really good point you make, because yeah, as you said, buy the whole haystack, and that's pretty much the crux of passive investing and the real advantage of it. The instant diversification but with these thematic etfs a lot more concentrated and you might if you actually look at the underlying investments of some so let's take the clean energy one for example i know there's i know there's an etf on the market uh, i won't name the name of the etf but the one of the holdings made up i think about 12 percent of the whole index so if something goes wrong with that company or that company doesn't perform quite as well the whole performance of the etf goes down quite significantly so you sort of weighted towards that one company probably more than you probably expect it to be because when you're investing in the asx 200 for example if something happens with cba yes they're quite a big company don't get me wrong but they only make up a small part of the overall index so if something goes wrong there your whole investment in that in that etf isn't going to go down the wayside so that is a massive massive risk with uh, thematic investing that higher concentration yeah and 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 i think you know, as financial advisors, we have a big thing about, you know, focusing on the risk, yeah, and trying to manage the risk. Um, the reward will speak for itself once you once you manage the risk. And and it's not to say that it don't they don't have their place. You know, we've got we've got clients that do have thematic investing and that we've advised them on, not that just that they've come in with, that we've advised them on. And and these are positions that we either want to we're holding because of 
maybe they did bring some type of um, uh, existing investment portfolio and we want to kind of tuck it in with certain other things. But I think um, there is a risk to go too far into thematic thematic investing and thematic ETFs, um, especially when you don't know what you're doing, okay? Especially when you don't know what you're doing. I think that concentration risk is huge. I think there's an example of this um, recently. So the tech industry has come off quite hard um, since you know January uh, you know 2022. We're in July 2022 now, um, and it came off pretty hard. Okay, obviously we've seen a little bit of a recovery, but if you look about you know the the Fangem stocks, um, so if you look at you know the the Facebooks, the the, the Googles of the world, um, they came off quite hard. So you know if you were concentrated in you know six or seven different stocks. Um, you know, you would have copped a massive beating. And it's not to say that those companies are, are good uh, or bad. It's not to say that. It's just to identify concentration. And so we need to be making sure that we understand that. And when we're talking about concentration risk, it's of going against diversification. Now, diversification is a key principle, one of the 10 golden rules of investing, okay? Diversification is one of them. So we just need to be making sure that when we've got these portfolios, they're sitting accordingly, okay? Now, I don't want to be beating up thematic investing too much because they are quite cool and have their place okay and this is why we have them so you know mason maybe some um you know some things that we're seeing that are good in, in thematic investing as well what i really love about john is i love that pill can get an investment that sort of aligns with their philosophy and values mm-hmm. um i think it, it means people can take a bit more of an interest in what they're investing in too so i think that's a really really good thing so for example if I'm really against climate change or really for climate change, I probably should say, mm-hmm. I can I can focus my money, invest in there and know that my investments are, yes, hopefully earning a good return and building for my retirement or whatever my goal is, but also I can feel good about knowing that I'm putting my money towards a cause that means a lot to me. I think that's what I really love about thematic investing. It just gives you that bit more of a, um, more of a hands-on on, on your portfolio rather than just investing the whole market, so to say. Mm-hmm get a bit more of that um, involvement in the decision, which I really, really like. Yeah, and, and me too. And that's why I like it. Um, you know, I've got, when we talked about, obviously we've been talking about clean energy just as an example. You know, I, I really appreciate that, you know, these um, investments that are being invested in um, are, are doing a positive change for the world. And uh, I'm willing to, you know, have that lack of concentration because of my preference on what I, what I want to do. So, um, I, I really like that because obviously if you go to a, like a broad index approach, you're going to get the dirty energy in there, uh, as I call it. You know, you're going to get the stuff that's going to be ruining the world. Um, and so, you know, do you really want to be contributing to that? Is that is that of your preference? So, you know, I, I see this as a continued trend, um, but we also need to understand why it's a continued trend as well too. And um, one of the big things and taught over the books for many, many times um fees are a big consideration when it comes to wealth creation okay and i have a i have a feel and more than a feel a bit of knowledge that a lot of these fund managers are obviously doing this stuff okay to create a difference okay so you got to think about this everyone's trying to have a little bit of a play and a little bit of a different thematic in a particular area to gauge a particular audience a minority a a feel and by doing this, they're able to get funds and on those funds charge ICR costs or charge investment fees to, you know, get your get your money for uh, get your money to them. Okay. So 
when we talk about me referencing people like, you know, Jack Bogle, he's a big, big advocate for trying to keep fees as low as possible. I know a lot of people that are watching this are familiar with like Scott Pape. Um, Scott Pape in the, in the Barefoot Investor talks about, you know, trying to keep costs low. He's correct on that. We're trying to keep costs as low as possible. Now, it doesn't seem, it doesn't say the costs need to be completely gone, but they need to be utilized. And so you need to be conscious the reasons why all of these new thematics are coming on board, okay? They do have a good thing because if they weren't, they wouldn't be taken up, okay? But we also need to be conscious that this is also the same world where fund managers, in managed funds, were taking heaps of fees and collecting them and your rewards weren't being re rewarded. And, you know, um, Bogle did a stat, I, I think it was from like 1976 to like 2006, and um, he tracked pretty much all the active managers in the US versus the S&P 500, okay? And over that period of time, which is what, uh, 30 years, okay, there was only two funds, two out of thousands and thousands and thousands of funds that beat the S&P 500, okay? So that's why there's always a strong view from a lot of investors to not try and beat the market, but be the market. But obviously, it's human nature for you to try and get a little bit better alpha, okay? And we were talking about that in our last episode. And if you haven't listened to it or watched it, go off and go off and listen to it and watch it. You know, as a human nature, most of us aren't aren't accepting of average. Yeah, we want a little bit more than average. But just remember, um, not everyone makes it to the top of Everest. That's it. That, you've actually raised a really really good point there regarding fund managers trying to get fees and things of this nature. When a thematic ETF gets released to the market, what you generally will see is it's had a really great run up to the release date because they, they backdate it with the index. That's why they bring it to the market because they know you look, we got a bit of recency bias as humans. This is back to the human behavior element. You say, oh, this thematic ETF has done 25% last year. This is great. This theme's really going. They wouldn't bring it to market if the theme was looking not so strong. So we've got to be mindful of that. Have we missed the uptick? in that theme i'm not saying you have but generally speaking once it's brought to market it's had a really good run and a lot of these clean energy ones they they did come off pretty hard when the sell down happened because a lot of them were trading these really high multiples and a lot of money was flowing into them a bit of money came out of them so be definitely be mindful of that um there's i i think i saw one recently john i think it just came it came to market it was just it was like the future of food i was like mm. this is some of this stuff is just bizarre to me. Some of these indexes they're coming up with is completely bizarre. And and this is the thing. A lot of these new things, we're obviously very conscious of things like IPOs when it comes to shares, okay? And I think when it comes to these funds, we also need to be very conscious of them as well too. And you guys raised a really, really good point about performance. And I just want everyone to know, us as financial advisors take performance or past performance as one of the areas that we look at, okay? And what I mean by that, I find that a lot of investors look at the performance that the fund has produced, go, wow, that's an amazing return, and then put their money into that investment. Now, that doesn't mean because it's performed like that, that it's going to continue to perform like that. What we're more looking at is, for example, how has that fund performed in regards to its benchmark? Okay, And take it one step further, is that benchmark that they're benchmarking against the benchmark that you would use? Okay. Because we would also maybe use a different benchmark than what they're benchmarking against, okay? Because that is very important. And usually the benchmark is the market. So if you're investing in a technology stock, a technology thematic ETF 
that invests, um, I don't know, uh, in the US only, okay? Well, you should be trying to benchmark that against the NASDAQ, yeah? And so if it's not against the NASDAQ and it's against the world, um, you know, MISCI index, you're going to get a different result. That It's going to be skewed in regards to its benchmarking. So that's what we look at when we look at performance, but it's only one section because what we want to look is in the holdings that sit under that investment. Look at that thematic. Look at the money that's flowing in, the key fundamentals of those holdings and seeing what's in there. Is there too much concentration risk? Do you have a do you have an Asian ETF where I don't know Samsung's taking up 25% of the holding that's in there? What happens if something happens to Samsung? Well, the other ones are, you know, a very, very small portion of that big pie that you're sitting there. And are you willing to take on that risk? So usually when we're doing this, we're doing some X-ray reporting. Okay. So when we build these portfolios and put these thematics in, we're building a core. Okay, and then around it, we're building these sat satellite thematics, and then over it, we're doing like an x ray report. And that x ray report is seeing the concentration and the overlap to see if any holdings have any significant holdings in it, concentration risk. Okay, but then looking at if two things are too cyclical, if they're too sensitive, what's going on in regards to the equity plays, and then looking at that overall to say, based on this and based on the client's risk tolerances. Should we be adding, removing, adjusting this thematic to apply to that? Okay. Now you've got that version, which is a more sophisticated, more complicated. It's not for everyone. Or you've got the more passive approach, which is, no, I don't want to get into none of this. I just want to buy the whole market. Okay. So thematic investing, hugely popular, continuing to grow. Know the fours, know the against, know the reasons why it's coming to the table. Okay. Understand. What positioning, in, what positioning it needs to be uh, in your portfolios and then really how to do it. And if you found that too complex what I was going through, probably a good idea to speak to a financial advisor in regards to getting portfolios constructed properly because that what we, that's what we do every day, okay? And I think really understanding the risks and really how to look forward in your investment portfolios and not backwards. But in thematic investing is here to stay. There's plenty of funds going into it. And I think if we've got a thousand now, we'll probably have two thousand, you know, in a couple of years that we're talking. Uh, any more comments, Mason, um, that you want to make on regards to this one? But it's been really great talking about it. Uh, but did you have any more comments before we wrap it up? Yeah, maybe just one final comment. So a lot of these themes they look really great, but let's just think there's some themes that don't go according to plan. So imagine, imagine three years ago, John, and I said, "Here's an ETF." that's going to access all the buy now, pay later stocks. Mm. We've gone, if you looked at the backtracking, we've gone gangbusters. Mm. But recently, that theme's gone off gone off a cliff. Yeah. that's There's increased regulation. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. These themes don't always play out the way we perhaps think they will. So it's, don't put all your, as we've talked about diversification, but don't put all your chips on one theme, think, oh, this theme's it. I think at the moment, climate change is the theme or green energy is the theme. But if something, if something happens with green energy, like I'm, I don't know what could possibly happen. But let's let's say, John, I'm going to be ridiculous. But let's say they find out that solar energy causes cancer. All of a sudden, that theme's not looking so good anymore. Mm. It's, it's, yes, some of these risks are ridiculous, but we live in a bit of a ridiculous world, John. So it's, crazy things happen all the time. So I think be really mindful um, when, you, when we're doing these things. Don't go all in on these themes. 
Very, very, very boring, mate. But diversification once again, okay? When it comes to your investing, remember the 10 keys of, of, of investing and, and, and diversification is one of them. If anyone actually wants those 10 golden rules of investing, hit me up. Um, maybe hit me on a DM on my socials or whatnot, and I'm happy to share them um, with you. They're pretty powerful stuff. And this thematic, um, though it's great, needs to be used and combined with other strategies, okay? Because if it's not, once again, putting all your eggs in one basket and going against diversification. Well, Mason, that's been an absolute pleasure and great to have you on Friday Finance again uh, for, for, uh, for this session. Uh, we look forward to speaking to everyone and uh, next week on next Friday. And uh, yeah, everyone, have a great weekend. Cheers. Cool. See you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cash Talk. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to learn more about me, jump onto my Instagram at, at thejohncasher and you'll find me there or at my website at www.johncasher.com.au. Thanks for listening. Cheers.